No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Job finally uses sarcasm against his three friends who have failed to show him sympathy. In Job's words, they are worthless physicians. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. Job now answers his friend Zophar, who accuses him of having no knowledge of God. We continue in Job chapter 12. Then Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people, and wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Indeed, who does not know such things as these? Job sarcastically accuses his friends of thinking themselves so wise that they have the corner on wisdom and truth. You know, there are churches today that think they are the people. They won't associate with other churches. They think that they have sound doctrine sealed up and believe that they are the true church. I wonder what such people will do when they get to heaven, assuming that they make it there, and see so many people from so many different churches and doctrinal stances and styles of worship. None of us have cornered the market on truth. As the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we all see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. But when we meet the Lord, then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, but then we shall know fully as we are fully known. We must all beware of the pride that says, I know more or I know better than someone else. We are all fallible and someone else may grasp a truth better than us. Paul also wrote in Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now that's a good safeguard for all of us, especially for those of us who have some knowledge of doctrine. Believe it or not, wisdom will not perish with us. Verse 4, I am one mocked by his friends who called on God, and he answered him, the just and blameless who is ridiculed. In addition to suffering material loss, the loss of his children, and the loss of his health, Job suffered the loss of respect from his friends. They should have respected him for his wisdom and blameless life. They should have respected him for his integrity. Instead, they mocked and ridiculed him. They accused him of covering over some grievous transgression. That was why God was punishing him. Job's friends had their system of understanding the world. They had formed their doctrine by which they judged people and circumstances. Job, suffering innocently, did not square up with their doctrine. To them, it was like saying one plus one equals three. But Job would not allow their unjustified assaults on his integrity to go unchecked. He knew his conscience, and his conscience did not condemn him. A lamp is despised in the thought of one who is at ease. It is made ready for those whose feet slip. The tents of robbers prosper, and those who provoke God are secure in what God provides by his hand. Job imagines someone sitting at ease, 
perhaps sitting in the daylight, what use does he have for a lamp? A lamp is for people walking in the dark so they don't trip or run into something. Job was seeking to enlighten their limited view of the world. He was seeking to show them that there was a flaw in their theory. But they were living at ease and not suffering like Job. Their attitude was not to let the facts get in the way of their good theory. But the truth is that thieves do prosper. People that provoke and blaspheme God live securely. There is pleasure in apparent success in sin, at least for a season. But the season ends. You see, one of the problems with Job's friends is that they were myopic. They assume that God judges the righteous and wicked now. But Job pointed out that God does not give people their just desert right away. In this life, blameless people suffer and wicked people prosper, but this life is only temporary. But now ask the beasts, and they will teach you, and the birds of the air, and they will tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, and the fish of the sea will explain to you who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, in whose hand is the life of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind. Job points out that all nature understands God's sovereignty. The beasts know that they don't control the seasons. The birds know that they are dependent upon God to supply their food. The earth knows that the Lord sends earthquakes on his timetable. All creation knows that God controls the life of every living thing. Our breath is in his hand. He gave it and he can take it away whenever he chooses. Does not the ear test words and the mouth taste its food? Wisdom is with aged men and with length of days understanding. So the ear tests words, and the mouth tastes food. Wisdom and understanding increase with age, usually. With him are wisdom and strength. He has counsel and understanding. Now, if man's wisdom increases with age, then think how much wisdom God must have who is called the Ancient of Days. He possesses all wisdom, all strength, counsel, and understanding. If he breaks a thing down, it cannot be rebuilt. If he imprisons a man, there can be no release. If he withholds the waters, they dry up. If he sends them out, they overwhelm the earth. With him are strength and prudence. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away plundered and makes fools of the judges. He loosens the bonds of kings and binds their waist with a belt. He leads princes away plundered and overthrows the mighty. He deprives the trusted ones of speech and takes away the discernment of the elders. He pours contempt on princes and disarms the mighty. He uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings the shadow of death to light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and guides them. He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark without light, and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. So Job speaks of God's sovereignty in all things. There is nothing he cannot do, and no one can thwart his purposes. If he wants there to be a drought, he commands it. If he prefers a deluge, he brings it, and the earth is flooded. He humbles the proud and exalts the humble. So who can resist his will? In these statements, Job rightly represents God. 
Now later, God will say to Eliphaz, the first of Job's three friends, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. If we are speaking concerning God, then it is important that we not misrepresent him. Job's three friends misrepresented God, but Job spoke the truth of God's sovereignty. Chapter 13. Behold, my eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understood. What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. Job's friends weren't telling him anything that he didn't already know. Now, this is the challenge of giving counsel to a friend, especially one who is on the same spiritual level as us. What can we say to our friend that he doesn't already know? The problem with the counsel that Job's friends gave him was that it was superficial. They were giving Job the same well-worn platitudes with which he was already familiar. Prior to Job's sufferings, he probably would have agreed with them. But now their simple explanation of bad things happening to bad people and good things happening to good people didn't measure up to the facts. Job had been good and he suffered really bad things. They had failed to offer Job an explanation that would minister to his spirit. Verse 3, But I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. Job wanted to speak directly to God because he was convinced that only God could answer his questions. Only God could explain why he was suffering this way. Job wanted the opportunity to make his case directly to God. But you, forgers of lies, you are all worthless physicians. Job's friends were forgers of lies because their counsel didn't agree with the facts. When Job tried to explain this, they wouldn't listen. They were more attached to their system than to the truth. Thus, they were worthless physicians. Here's a great need today. We need physicians of souls. We need those who have compassion and who are skilled in matters of the word and matters of the heart. There are so many lost and broken souls that need mending. And right words that come from the Holy Spirit soothe and mend the broken heart. Where are these physicians of souls? Where are the godly counselors? Where are those who can not merely speak on the surface of things, not merely give pat answers without truly suffering with others, but those who will empathize with the suffering soul and whisper sweet and precious truths that are the balm of Gilead to strengthen the weak and console the despondent. Job expected such treatment from his friends. Instead, they were only worthless physicians who couldn't heal a soul. Oh, that you would be silent, and it would be your wisdom. Proverbs 17.27 says, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise when he closes his lips. He is deemed intelligent. Job tells his friends that they would have been better off just to keep silent. I call this the wisdom of a dog, man's best friend. We never fault a dog for saying too much or for telling us things we already know. They just love us. Now hear my reasoning and heed the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? Will you show partiality for him? Will you contend for God? Will it be well when he searches you out? Or can you mock him as one mocks a man? 
They had spoken deceitfully for God by misrepresenting him. They contended for God, but God didn't need them to defend him, just as God doesn't need us to defend him. His truth and sovereignty stand forever. He will be proven true and every man a liar. He will be proven righteous and every man a sinner. He will surely rebuke you if you secretly show partiality. Will not his excellence make you afraid and the dread of him fall upon you? Your platitudes are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. We show partiality concerning God when we apply his commandments one way to others and a different way to ourselves, or when we condemn certain sins but leave others unchecked. In doing these things, we misrepresent God's truth and justice. The sad thing was that Job's friends were wise in their own eyes, but their platitudes were proverbs of ashes, burned out wisdom that had no relevance to the present situation. They sought to defend themselves with their system of doctrine, but it was a defense of clay and easily busted apart. May God help us to avoid their error by relying upon the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. May we learn the wisdom to wait upon God for his wonderful counsel, and in the absence of that, simply be quiet. It is better to be quiet and let people think you are a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where Job continues to reply to Zophar with an expression of overcoming faith, but he quickly falls back into despondency. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.